Well, amen. Good evening. Welcome to Marlbrook Baptist Church. Good to see each and every one of you that took time to come out this evening. I know that oftentimes on Christmas Eve, uh, boy, we have a lot of family uh, traditions and things that we like to do, and uh, church service may have not necessarily been in your normal schedule. So I appreciate you making time uh, to do that for us. A couple of things I'm going to mention uh, before we get started with our service, and one is, uh, since there's not quite as many of us, we don't have a full house, to give us a little more of an intimate feel, I wonder if everyone could move to these two center sections. Would we be able to do that, move in, so that we're all right here in the center? I know that you love your seats, but if we could move in, I believe that would be good. We have plenty of seats over here on my left if you're looking for seats. Plenty over here on the left. Mm. All right, all right. Appreciate that. And then the second thing I want to ask is, did everyone get a candle when you came in? I know some of you come in the back door, so maybe didn't get a candle. Did everyone get a candle? If you didn't, hold your hand up. Kale back here has got a box. She's ready to pass them out. If you didn't get a candle, young children, you have to check with your parents before you can get one. But adults, you're welcome to have them. Uh, anybody else need a candle? Anyone at all? All righty. Then I'm just going to give a disclaimer before we start. Several of you uh, have told me that you're excited that we're having a Christmas Eve service, that you love Christmas Eve services, and so forth and so on. And I'm very glad that we're having a Christmas Eve service and that you like them, but I'm just going to be honest and say I have never been a part of a Christmas Eve service. So whatever element of Christmas Eve service you're looking for, I don't know if I'm going to provide it. So I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> but uh, no, I believe that it'll be a good service and I'm thankful for each of you uh, that did come out uh, to be a part of this service. So we're going to have uh, some special music. We're going to read the Christmas story inter uh, intermingled with singing carols that accent the part of the story that we're reading. And then we have five men uh, from the church who are going to give us uh, about a five-minute thought on the subject of Christmas, and then we're going to close the service uh, with a candlelight singing O Holy Night together, so we'll light the candles and sing O Holy Night as we close the service. So I do appreciate each of you being here. I'm going to go ahead and open in a word of prayer, and then after I pray, Miss Lisa is going to come and open the service with a song. Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, and Lord, it's good to be in your house, and Father, Lord, I thank you that, Lord, so many have come out, Lord, to celebrate your birth, and Lord, the fact that you came and Lord you you gave your son uh, Lord to be the sacrifice for our sins and Father I thank you for it. I pray to Lord that you'll bless in this service tonight. Lord my heart's desire in this service oh Lord is that we might exalt you that we might magnify you that Lord we may remember who you are, why you came and what you did for us and so Father I pray oh Lord that you will bring a spirit of worship uh, upon the service, I pray dear Lord that you will uh, enter into our hearts and Lord that we will enter into an attitude of worship and Father that this will be a service in which we adore you as we remember what you've done for us, thank you Lord for your goodness blessed throughout this service, we'll praise you in Jesus name, Amen and amen. Miss Lisa, you come. The skies don't seem to be as dark as usual. The stars seem brighter than they've been before And deep within I feel my soul is stirring As though my hope has been restored The shepherds say they heard the voice of angels Confirming rumors spread across the that a child protected well from Herod's anger is the father's son and the son of man. Love is reigning down on the world tonight. There's a presence here. 
Lisa, I was sitting there thinking as Miss Lisa was singing that in the garden God came and walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day every day and man sinned and that was separated. I'm not singing man. <laughs> all right. I'm, not, I, I, I'm just going to talk all right. But God came and God walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day, but then they sinned. And that relationship was broken. And there was a separation between God and man. But there was a prophecy that said there's going to be a son born and his name will be Emmanuel, which means God with us. And now today, because of that son being born... Although God doesn't come down once a day and walk with me in the cool of the day, he indwells my spirit and he is with me physically, relationally, in a way that I can sense and understand 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every day of the year, God is with me. Boy, I'm telling you what, I thank the Lord for that birth that allowed Emmanuel, God, to be with us. So we're going to go through and we're going to read some passages of Scripture. We're going to start in Isaiah. And then after Isaiah, we'll be moving to Luke 2 and we'll be staying in Luke 2 as we read through the Christmas story. And we're going to read a passage of Scripture 
scripture and then we'll switch and we'll sing a couple verses of some carols and then we'll come back to the passage and we'll work our way through this story. But we're going to start in Isaiah chapter number 7 and verse number 14 and we will have uh, all, the, all the scripture and all the songs will be on the screen uh, but you're welcome to follow along in the Bible or in your songbook as well. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter number 7 and verse 14, this is the prophecy that I was just speaking of. And the Bible says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. If you turn over to Isaiah chapter number 9 and verse number 6, the Bible says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. We see here two prophecies pointing to the promise of the coming child of God. Now if you turn over to Luke chapter number 2, We'll begin reading in verse number 1 and read down through verse number 7. We see this prophecy fulfilled. The Bible says in Luke chapter number 2, starting in verse number 1, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one, into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. We're going to go ahead and sing the first and second verse of Away in a Manger, number 121. pages to 111, we'll sing the first and the last of Silent Night.
verse number 8 it says, And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Turn over to 106 and we'll sing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. the first and third of angels we have heard on high. were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go, even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made a known broad the saying which was told them 
concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Now if you just go back a couple of pages to 104, we'll sing Joy to the World. sing, we're going to sing, Go Tell It on the Mountain. It's on the screen. Savior's birth. Oh, I tell you what, it's wonderful to read it. It's wonderful to sing it. It's wonderful to remember our Savior's birth, why he came, and what Christmas means to us. And so I've asked five men from the church uh, to give us about five minutes uh, just a thought about Christmas. So something to do with the Christmas story or what Christmas means to them or whatever the Lord has laid on their heart. And so uh, Brother Danny Groh is going to start off and then each of you have the list uh, when it's your turn. You just come on. So I won't be announcing each of you when Brother Danny's finished. Next one come up. When they're finished, the next one come up. And uh, take about five minutes and just let us know what Christmas means to you. Brother Danny, you come right on. Thank you, brother. Five minutes. I do a lot of songs. It's taking longer now. I know why I didn't ask Dorsey to do it. Now, it's good to be here tonight, and I wish all of you Merry Christmas. It's uh, I thank John for giving me the opportunity to do this, and 
honestly, I felt like a dog today. I probably wouldn't even thinking about coming tonight, but uh, I'd like to say a little something about Christmas. And as John said, maybe it's just about what I think back about what Christmas does to mean to me. And uh, I heard a song today talking about an old-fashioned Christmas. And um, that sort of gave me the thought I have tonight, thinking back over the years. And I remember when we used to have a little church that said, to the to my left, your right, set out here, and we, I still remember that old wood stove, and I remember we had a curtain pull, and I still remember those little gold rings around that piece of wire they had tied up there, and it, to change each scene, and but you know, Christmas, it's all about family. Certainly, it's about Jesus Christ. We've heard that uh, for the last month, and I started just to teach on something like that or say something about that, but for the last month, we've heard about the birth of our Savior, the virgin birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And certainly we know if it wasn't for his virgin birth, there would be no salvation. So praise God tonight that uh, God sent his son to us. He was born of a virgin and uh, walked on this earth those years, those 33 years, and did all the miracles, lived among men, but he did no sin. But I was just thinking about Christmas. And I, every time I think about Christmas, I think about sacrifice. And I think about my mom. You know, there's a lot of times I always talk about my daddy. I reckon because I work with him every day of my life, and we were together every day. But I had a wonderful mama. And I think back about Christmas. She means so much to me. I can still see, well, daddy, he'd go to the smokehouse, and he'd bring in an old ham, been in there a few years, and they'd soak that thing, and mama would cook it, and daddy, he'd slice it. And, and I just remember how good it was. And my mom, she would bake those pies, and she would do everything for us. I was one out of eight children, so we didn't have a whole lot, but neither did anybody else. Nobody recognized that. I mean, we're all, well, I guess we were poor and didn't know it, but praise the Lord. I remember I got my first bicycle. I was probably about seven years old, and I remember my uncle, he found one for $5, an old used bicycle, and brought it home to me for Christmas, and Daddy and Mama gave it to me, and I just remember how much that meant to us, and I'm afraid so many times in our life today, we're unthankful people. We're, as Americans... We're blessed, but honestly, I think we're cursed. We have so much that we don't appreciate anything anymore. But uh, then I remember when I was about 15, well, I was 13 because it was the uh, year of the flood. Mom, uh, Mom and Daddy got me a bicycle and got Timmy and Tony a bicycle. And David got one that year. And, man, if, if they'd had that crazy bicycle stuff they do today, I'd have been right there, man. I could handle a bicycle. But I think about David, I, I worked on the rear end on his. He only had one gear after that. But, uh, <laughs> but there were good days. I think back in all the Christmas programs, all the beautiful singing, the Christmas hymns, and all, I just, I love Christmas. But I, I just remember those times and the sacrifice of my mom and my dad and what they did for us. You know, and that's what Christmas is about. It's about Jesus Christ, but it's about love. And if you grew up in a family where you were loved, I mean, you you're blessed. I mean, certainly blessed. Uh, we had Christmas at home this morning. My three boys are there, my two granddaughters, I mean, my two daughter-in-laws and my two grandboys. And it was just a special time, a special time of love. It's not about the gifts. I mean, we all love those. And I loved watching the little boys open their stuff. And they were so excited. And they was clapping their hands. And just, just to see the smiles on their face. But, you know... Not everybody was blessed with that growing up. We don't all have that. Not everybody has those kind of things. But I think about that old-fashioned Christmas. You know, I think we, we probably did want more than we got. We always wanted something more. But we got more. When Jesus Christ came to this earth, I guess the first verse I ever learned in my life in the Bible was John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. How much more, how much more of a sacrifice could there be than that, that God would send his only son to this earth? Jesus Christ was God in himself. He was, he was God. He was all God. Yet he came to this earth, born of, he was born of man. He was a, came, became a son of man that we be, could become the sons of God. To think that he was all man, yet he was all God. He wasn't just half and half. He was all man. He was all God. The incarnation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But you think of a love like that, that God would love us enough, that he would send him to this earth. He was born to die. He came here to die for us. That's, as Brother John spoke of, how that uh, our fellowship was broken there in the garden, and it had to be restored. And through God's perfect plan, the redemption of God, 
we could come to know Jesus Christ because of his sacrificial death there on the cross. But I think of all those kind of things, and we've, we've heard those all of our life. I didn't bring any glasses up here tonight. It's a good thing I didn't have to read anything. I can't even tell you what book I'm in right now. But uh, I did write down a couple things while y'all were singing there, if I could just uh, see them there. All right, I'm going to finish this with, with this, this right here. You know, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior tonight, and I pray that each one does here tonight, there's been a time in your life that you just recognize that you were a sinner, and the Holy Spirit of God drew you to salvation. And you come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I can't help what happened in my past. I can't help what happened in your past. I can't help what kind of life you've lived or anything like that. But I'm telling you, if you know Jesus Christ tonight as your personal Lord and Savior, you're the richest, you're the richest family in town because of what Jesus Christ did for us. So don't ever let it think, you know, I'm just a poor, a poor man. And you know, and that's okay. What's the Bible say? If you gained the whole world and lost your own soul, it would be the worst thing in the world. But I'm telling you, if you could leave this world a poor man and you know Jesus Christ, you're from the richest family in town. So um, just share that with others. And I know it wasn't much. And I probably didn't put a lot of thought in it. I read a lot of things and I saw a lot of things. And I just prayed the Spirit would lead me tonight. But uh, God bless you all. Merry Christmas to you. And just remember that it don't matter where you come from. It's where we finish up. And one day... Not uh, Jesus left here, but he's coming back again. And the next time he's coming back to take us home to be with him. And we're not going to have to live in this crazy world any longer. Amen. Love y'all. Thank you. Well, I will say the first bicycle I ever had, I got it out of the dump. But it, it, it wasn't that bad a shape. I was able to fix it up. I was always somebody that just enjoyed tinkering with things. And I seen it, and I said, well, I've got a lot of stuff at the dump, to be honest with you. But uh, I'll go by there sometime. You know, they always said, what is it, uh, uh, some poor soul's trash is somebody's treasure? Um, it's, it's my treasure. Uh, but I was thinking, after Pastor John asked me about saying a few words this evening. I got to thinking, and lo and behold, I came to Luke chapter 2. Can you imagine that? Um, Luke chapter 2 is the, uh, we find a Christmas story. Uh, you know, it probably will be the most read passage of Scripture uh, probably this Christmas season, probably any Christmas season. Um, it's a well-known story. It tells of Mary and Joseph. Journey to Bethlehem, uh, the birth of Jesus. It tells of the uh, angel's announcement to the shepherds uh, in the fields. The shepherds visit the stable. And even Jesus' childhood and all the things that you find here in Luke chapter 2. And I've, uh, I've heard it quoted. I've seen the post that I think Joe put it on Facebook again today. We're quoted to Luke chapter 2. Uh, and then Pastor John read it tonight. But it's so uh, real to each and every one of us. There's four quick things that I just want to mention, bring to you this evening about that we find in Luke chapter 2. Number one, even Jesus wasn't above simple circumstances. Think about it. When you think of a king, what do you think about? Think of crown. You think of palaces. You, uh, you, you think of all the wonders that go with it. You don't think of a stable full of old smelly farm animals like we've seen and heard about in our Christmas program. A feeding trough for his bed. Yet, Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, came into this world as a lowly, humble baby. His birth was the furthest thing from a king's welcome, when you think about it. But he did not. He wasn't above simple circumstances. Also, God's glory is worthy of our praise, even when we feel afraid. You know, if we're all uh, honest with ourselves, we all have those times that we're just afraid. We, we, just life circumstances sometimes creates situations where we're afraid. 
But you think of the shepherds. You remember there uh, in, in the very thing when, when, when the angel of the Lord stood before the shepherds uh, who was keeping their sheep as we've read so far tonight. It says there in verse 9, though, they were sore afraid. They were terrified. And to be honest, I would have been too. Uh, you think about it, you know, uh, the, all that happened that evening. Even though they were afraid, they probably were trying to figure out just what in the world was going on. They was wondering if, if they were dreaming or if they had really, this really happened in their life. The angel's first words were what? Fear not. Fear not. And the angel said in, ver in verse 10, said, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Don't be afraid. You know, in the life that we live as a Christian, we're going to face many obstacles along the way. But you know what? God has given us a promise. And God will always fulfill his promises. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, the latter part of verse 5, it says, I will never leave thee. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So just hang on to that thing. God is in control. Number three, when the Lord makes a promise, we can trust he will keep it. You remember the shepherds heard the angel uh, that the baby had been born? Uh, did they doubt it? No. What did, what did the scripture say? They went. They went. And the angels uh, were gone away into heaven. The shepherds said one to him, let us go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. They heard the message, and what did they do? Immediately acted upon it, never hesitating nor questioning what the angel of the Lord had said to them. You know, we should do the same thing in our lives. You know, we have the scriptures that is just a, a, a tangible, uh, as we read these scriptures, they, they come alive. They, they share so much to us, the promises, the truths that we find in the word of God. And we need to be faithful to share that with others. Amen. Lastly, Words from our, from and about our Lord should be treasured. You know, when the shepherds visited Mary and Joseph and the babe at the manger, verse 17 and 18 says this, And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all that heard it wondered at those things, which were told them by the shepherds. They, they, they spread the word. These shepherds weren't a bit bashful about going and telling people what they saw. And, they, and people were inquisitive. You know, they shared the word concerning what they had seen. You know, and that's one of the things that we need to do as a child of God. We need to be a servant, serving him, this Christmas season is a prime opportunity that we have that we can share the Word of God with someone else. He's faithful, He's just, and He'll forgive those that come to Him. We, th we praise the Lord for those that have been saved. But it's our responsibility as a child of God to do those things that He has called us to do. When you hear Luke chapter 2 this Christmas season, remember these four things. Look deeper beyond just the familiar story of Christmas and see these verses that are relevant for you and I, even thousands of years later. They're all, they're all relevant to each one of us, and we just need to take those promises and hang on to them. And I, too, as Speck said, want to wish each and every one of you a very Merry Christmas. Well, I can.
can tell y'all that I'm not going to be as good as the last two or the next two, so I apologize in advance, but they usually keep me down there with the children. I think it's because I'm real good at getting down their level and teaching to them, so I, I, this is new for me. I'm sorry, so, but um, I do count it an honor and a blessing and um, uh, a privilege, and I, I thank the pastor for asking me to do this. Um, so, you know, when he told us about, uh, what we thought our meaning for Christmas was, um, what, um, you know, I had the idea of what made Christmas special. Um, it's a special time of year and, uh, you know, we, we see people like around Christmas time. It's just a thing that people get excited for. We get hopeful. Uh, people are more joyful, more loving, more kind. Uh, and we just see that it's almost type of a magical type of atmosphere, right? It's almost like it's not real. Uh, like we're just, uh, and you see that this time of year and, you know, I got to thinking about it and I didn't know if it was maybe the nostalgia of it all, the tradition every year that we do with our families, the good food that we have, looking forward to that, um, going to see the Christmas lights at night and, you know, all the pretty lights and how people have decorated them and uh, maybe the music that we've heard ever since we were kids, the Christmas music, the, um, the, the hymn music, all the beautiful, I think some of the best music that we have is, uh, is the hymnal Christmas music, the, you know, singing about the birth of Jesus and you know, we all dream of that white Christmas, and it's just a really exciting time, a hopeful time. People get hopeful, and even like Scrooges, they might mumble under their breath, Merry Christmas, you know, to a, Mary, to a little child that says, Merry Christmas, you know, and it's just, it, it brings out the best in people, I, I believe, the Christmas does. And, um, you know, I believe uh, the reason for that is the spirit of Christmas, and we all talk about that. We all talk about the, the spirit of Christmas or getting in the spirit, and we all know people who get into the Christmas spirit right after Halloween, you know, they're, you know, they, that, that November 1st. All right. Everything's decorated. They're out there at eight o'clock and they got the whole house decorated. Their yard's decorated. They got the, all the pop-ups and they, and they're all ready to go. And then you got people like me who still haven't decorated. So, I mean, I, I got the tree up, there's lights on the tree. And the only reason there's lights on the tree is because they came with it. Okay. So, <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, but we call it the Christmas spirit, you know, getting into the spirit and, I know that has uh, many different uh, meanings to many different people, um, but that's just what I want to talk about, the Christmas spirit. I want to talk about that for a few moments tonight, um, and if you want to, I guess if you want to put a little title on this devotional, it would be the Christ spirit. Um, I think what makes Christmas so special is really the reason for the season, Jesus, you know, and it's because of him and his spirit and how he acts. And really, that is the Christmas spirit. It's the spirit of Christ. Uh, it's how Jesus is. It's how it's his characteristics, his attributes. Um, the whole reason why we give gifts at Christmas uh, as Christians, we say it's because God gave us the greatest gift of all, the unspeakable gift. As he says in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, and you don't have to turn to any of these, but I will read a couple verses. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He gave us the gift of salvation, the gift of eternal life. And the reason that we give gifts is because he was born to die that man may die no more. And what a blessed thought that is to think that God gave us the greatest gift that we could ever be given. And that's why we give gifts. Um, the reason why we act with more love and more joy and more excitement and more hope is because that's how he acts. Jesus acts that way. That's his attributes. That's his characteristics. And we're just acting more like Christ. That's the spirit of Christmas right there. And um, it's, I mean, it lists the spirit of the, the fruit of the spirit in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And so when we see people acting like that, really, that's how God wants us to act towards each other as his creation. God wants us to act like that, and that's how people, that's how he wants us to act towards each other, with more love and kindness and joy and peace. And I think that's what encaptures the spirit of Christmas, the magic of Christmas. And um, that's what makes Christmas so special, the extra cheer and joyfulness. Um, and when you stop to think about it, God really wants us to act like that all year round. You know, it's not just a Christmas type of spirit. 
It's what God wants us to do year round, all the time. Uh, Emmanuel, God with us, all the time, every day, like Pastor said, 24-7. We should have that Christmas spirit. Can you imagine the thought, Christmas year round? That's a, that's a pretty good thought. You know, I mean, I, there's probably some Scrooges out there. I'm like, no, I'm not. No, no way. <laughs> but honestly, that's how God wants his people to act. They want to act. He wants us to act more like his son, Jesus Christ, all the time. And what a world it would be if it was like Christmas year round, having the Christmas spirit year round. Um, the only problem with that. Uh, well, and, and you know, Ephesians chapter five, verse 18 says, be not with drunk with wine with an excess, but be filled with the spirit. So God wants us to be full of his spirit, full of love, full of joy, full of peace, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance. He wants us to be full of those things. But the problem with that is that we have to deny ourselves and yield ourselves to the spirit, to the leadership of the spirit. Um, Romans chapter six and verse 13 says, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God. And that there is where, where the problem is, is because, you know, we don't want to do that all the time, but God wants us to, he wants us to yield, to deny ourselves and yield ourselves to his spirit, to the leadership of his spirit. There's a people out there without Christ outside these four walls with no hope. There's a dying world out there and they have no hope. They have no joy, no peace, no reason for hope. And, uh, and that's why people love Christmas. I think so much. That's why people get so encaptured with Christmas because they get a little taste of the Holy spirit. They get a little taste of that spirit and it gives them that joy on the inside because wow, this is how, this is how I want it to be. This is how people are supposed to act. This is how we're supposed to live. And it gives them that little hope and joy to where, like I said, even the, the, the hardest person out there, the most bitterest person out there might say Merry Christmas to a little child because it's that spirit, that little taste. Now, I don't know too many lost people that read the Bible to figure out how to get that hope. They just don't do it. People don't, lost people don't read the Bible to figure out what the answer is. But what they do do is they look at people who call themselves Christians as representative of the Bible. They're going to look at us. And, and, and by the way, Christian means Christ-like. So if we call ourselves Christians, we're supposed to act like Christ, right? And so people are going to look at us. And so the little challenge I have to uh, give ourselves tonight is what do people see when they look at you? Do they see you and all your faults? Or do they see Jesus in you, the hope of glory? And that's what they ought to see. That's what they ought to see in me. That's what they ought to see in all of us. They ought to see that spirit, just being full of that spirit. And we call it the Christmas spirit, but really it's the Christ spirit. It's the Christ spirit. Um, you know, I'll just read in Matthew chapter four, where it says in verse 16, what does it say when Jesus was game into this world? It says, the people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them which sat in the region and the shadow of death, light is sprung up. So when Jesus came in, he lighted up the whole world like a Christmas tree. But when he says in verse chapter five of Matthew in verse 16, it says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. This is what happens when Jesus comes into our heart. The light springs up in us. He lights a candle in us that where we can be a light to the dying world. We can be a light in darkness. We can be that people can't see Jesus today, but they can see Jesus in us. And so I just encourage us to be that light to somebody, uh, be that encouragement. You know, they're not going to care so much about what we say as what we do and how we live before them and, and how we care for them and how we love for them and how we treat them with kindness and, and long suffering and patience. Uh, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter three and verse six, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. And I think that'd be good for us all to do, you know, in any situation, whether it's good or bad, whether it's in health or sickness, if we just acknowledge God and say, Lord, like Paul said on the road to Damascus, Lord, what will thou have me to do? And I, I think that would make a big difference in our lives and our families' lives and the world around us and our work if we just have that Christmas year-round. Amen. Right. Merry Christmas. Thank you, bro.
Don't worry, I'm not singing. <laughs> I don't know where Lisa went. Be hard for me to say anything but her sitting out there. Uh, I was so thankful that we had a Christmas Eve service. Uh, ever since Lisa and I got married, we've always went somewhere on Christmas Eve to a service. Most times it's, it's been to a Presbyterian church. Don't hold that against us, but uh, there she is. Good. It's a very reverent time for us. Christmas Eve, I've, it's... It's the birth of our Savior, but for me, it's the birth of being born again. For having the Lord as my Savior, being a sinner for half of my life. Well, I'm still a sinner, but being saved by grace the rest of my life. That's what Christmas Eve means to me. I tell people I can't get over my salvation. I don't see how God could save somebody like myself. Uh, because of his birth, we, we get a new life. That's what it's all about. Lisa asked me today, I, you know, I don't know why this has anything to do, I wasn't going to say anything about this tonight, but she asked me what was the memorable, my most memory thing I had as a child at Christmas. Well... I can't say I had any because I was, I lived with a godless family. I was a godless child, but I had this little Santa Claus thing that on your chest that you pulled a string and a red nose, the light come on and I would go down and do that thing under the Christmas tree to see if my name was on a present. <laughs> That's my biggest memory as a child. I know it's not much, but again, I didn't have much of a memory as a child being in a godless family, church wasn't part of it. Now that I have this, it's the most important thing in the world, Christmas Eve and Christmas. I'm going to read a little bit of scripture of Isaiah because it's all about the hope. I can't, Isaiah prophesied all this. This program that we did uh, out there at the far house, that really touched me. Just all the scripture that was read, everything that was going on, and this scripture here really touched me. And uh, it was Isaiah 53, starting with ver verse 4. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. When he went to the cross, this Isaiah prophesied this, when he went to the cross, he was beaten nearly to death, for me, for each one of you out here, I, I don't mean to sound mean-spirited, but he did this for us. For us to be born again, to have a wonderful life. My Christmas has started when I married the love of my life. Because my relationship with her I started when I was born again. Don't get me wrong. It took me years to study this word right here. To do what I'm supposed to do as a Christian. Just because you're born again don't mean it's going to happen overnight. I mean, every, most of us in here know that, but there's some of us in here that don't know that. It takes years. But you got to stay in God's word, and you got to be around people like it's in this church right here that love you. That's what it's all about, Christmas, to me. And uh, I'm thankful for each one of you all in here. And I pray for each one in here. I, I thought about Sheila today. I'm a prayer warrior. Everything is possible. Disease came upon sin. When sin came, that's when all these cancers, diseases... I was thinking of baby Natalie today. 
We prayed for that little girl for years. She was in St. Jude's Hospital. She's home right now. We as a church, me personally, we prayed, and God took care of it. And be, be prayer warriors. I know this ain't got nothing to do with Christmas, but Sheila, I pray for you. I will pray for you to be healed if it's God's will. And Robbie, your family, I'm going to pray for you. And each one of us in here need to do, do the same thing. And if you're a newborn Christian in here, I don't know who he is, I don't know who ain't, but if you are and you need help, you come to somebody in here and we'll pray with you. We'll pray for you. I guarantee you we'll make it happen. And I'm thankful for this church and just so thankful for this Christmas Eve service. And Merry Christmas and God bless you. Well, I don't know what Pastor John was thinking. Let me go last, but putting me up behind three men's uh, three men I greatly respect, and and Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, brother. <laughs> uh, I am thankful and humbled to stand before you tonight. Uh, I, I was thinking this week what I would say and. Uh, I kind of had something written down, and then last night we had mom and dad over for dinner, going to have our Christmas dinner with them, and we got the, got them there early. The food was ready, and 4.30, the power goes out. So luckily, the food was all ready, so we got to eat by candlelight. It was very romantic. <laughs> um, but got to sit there with them. And, and under the, the dim lights, you know, all the other lights, all the bright lights of the house were out. It was just us in an intimate time. And, you know, I really think it was a blessing that God took, took the lights out that, to, at that time uh, and just gave us time together as a family. And it was, uh, you know, I could have dealt with him give, bringing them back before 4 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, but we got a, I got, was able to get a generator. Uh, I'm no mechanic, but I had to work on it and... So I'm thinking God put his hand on that and got it started as well. Had to, At least had the furnace going. So we got up this morning, had Christmas together as a family. And it, I think I think that'll be a Christmas that we'll all remember for the rest of our lives. It was one degree, zero degrees outside. We had a generator humming outside. But uh, I've been truly blessed with my family. Uh, so grateful for each one of them, my mom and dad. Um, my salvation what God's done for me. This has been uh, one of the roughest years I can remember in my personal life. I've been on a roller coaster since almost the first of the year. Um, ups, downs, uh, twists, turns, uh, things that have not gone right. I've been struggling uh, in my Christian walk and at work. It just seems like things keep pounding me down. Uh, nothing this year has seemed to be the way it should have been. It's just, it's been a struggle. And I, I think we all, you know, if, you, if you're going to walk with Christ, you're going to walk through these times in your life where this, things are, are hard. But when, I, when the power came back on today, I looked at Christy and I said, you know, this would have been a blessed day. I, I was humbled uh, by the experience of being there with my family and just the peace that I felt this year, though nothing's went right, though things have been a struggle, though things have been hard, I've had peace all year. That's something the world can't buy for any amount of money. I've had it. And, and that's the only thing that's gotten me here tonight. I promise you that. Um, but I, I'm beyond blessed and thankful for my gift of salvation. The greatest gift God ever gave was coming to this earth in the lowliest, meekest of ways. But uh, as I was thinking about this, I was, well, what, what am I going to say? I've got nothing to say that follows Danny and Randy or anybody. Uh, but I'll give a plug here to the FBI. The last semester, we, we started the life of Christ. And when he got to the lesson on Jesus being born in Bethlehem, I mean, it blew me away. The a story I've heard my whole life, knew it inside and out, every which way you could slice it, and he opened my mind to 
things I never thought about, never considered. But, uh, but you know, the study of that time is 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 really uh, it is everything to us. Him coming to this earth was everything. Uh, if without him, we'd have no salvation. Um, so I just want to give you a few few insights as to what he gave us in FBI. The life of Jesus fulfilled 333 prophecies. Completely impossible if he wasn't God in human flesh. Um, he was born in a stable because there was no room for him in the end. And that just there's so many pictures there, but... The, the unsaved world who has no room for Christ in their life. The Christian who is spending this Christmas elsewhere or doing whatever with no room for Christ in their life. That's uh, such a powerful image if you think about it. He had no place to lay his head. <clears throat> um, uh, let's see. Our Savior was born in a lowly stable. That was prophesied 710 years before his birth by Micah. And his birth amazingly took place in the same stables where the sheep were raised to be sent to the temple for sacrifice for the sins of the people. I mean, that picture there alone, he was born in those stable. Those sheep were raised to be sent to the temple to be sacrificed. That was our Savior. That's where he was born. That's where he laid his head the night he was born. He was born to die for you and me. He was wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger, which were the same clothes, same strips of cloth that would be used to wrap a dead body when they were buried and laid in their tomb. He was laid in a, a, a feeding trough, taking on a meek and humble existence so he could become the perfect sacrifice one day for you and me. He was made poor so that we could be made rich, co-heirs, one day with him for all those who believe. Let us all be thankful for the perfect sacrifice that went from Bethlehem to the cross at Calvary. If we put our Christmas celebration in context of what Jesus did for us by coming into this world to take away the sins of the world, it is truly the greatest gift ever given. And I want to just wish everybody Merry Christmas. <laughs> Man, well, thank each of you fellows for coming and sharing some thoughts about Christmas. And I'm sure that several more of you uh, would have been glad to have done so as well. But I tried to keep it within time constraints so that we weren't all the way here till Christmas morning. So, But uh, anyway, there's so much that can be said. And for many, many, many years, we've stood and we've preached the birth of Christ. We've, we've quoted the, the story of the birth of Christ. We, we know the story by heart, and yet... It never gets old. I'm telling you what, it's fresh every time you hear it, that God became flesh, that he might die for the sins of mankind, that we might be restored to him. Boy, I'm telling you what, what a story. What a story. I thank the Lord for it. Thanks for each one of you. All righty, so now what we're going to do at this time is we're going to get ready to sing O Holy Night. We're going to sing it by candlelight. Uh, so if you would, go ahead and stand. And then I've got some men uh, who are going to come up the center aisle right here. And they are going to light your, the candle of the person standing on the end of the aisle. And then you light the person next to you. And we'll pass those down uh, and uh, get those candles lit. If the smoke alarms go off, just, you know, keep singing, all right? Uh, but uh, we'll uh, go ahead and light these candles and uh, get the lights dimmed. And uh, then uh, after we sing, we'll dismiss in prayer. And then there's some boxes in the back. You can extinguish your candle and then put it in the box. Be sure to extinguish it first. Amen. But uh, you'll pass those down, light one another. Come down here, Jake. I'll get my candle lit off of you, buddy. Thank you, partner. I went out. Let's try again. Alrighty. I'm going to sing Oh Holy Night, and we're going to 
I'm going to do my best to sing this a cappello and try to just enter into a spirit of worship as we think about the night that our Savior was born. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he you came, you took on flesh, you lived as a man, a king became a man, a king became a peasant, a king came and lived a life here among us, Lord, that you might be the sacrifice for our sin. Lord, I thank you for, Lord, as Brother Terry said, uh, Lord, Christmas is so much more than your birth, but Father, Christmas is our birth. It is the reason that we were able to have new life. And Father, I thank you for it. Lord, I thank you for those that have gathered together here. Oh Lord, in a spirit of worship to remember that night that you came. Father, I thank you for it. I pray that you be with us, each of us, as we go our different ways home. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks to each of you for being here this evening. And I also want to wish each and every one of you a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to all of you. Thank you all for being here. There are some boxes there in the back. You can drop your candles in as you leave. Thank you.